Well, thank you. Uh, it is my pleasure once again and always to be with all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, I certainly uh, appreciate and uh, enjoy the opportunity of being with you. I think this is, again, such a unique uh, and wonderful thing that uh, God's children are doing. And I hope it continues. And I, I pray that it will. And I pray that others will uh, come to uh, be um, knowledgeable of this group and uh, join us uh, together as, as they can. Uh, I've been thinking uh, about this particular passage. It's been on, it's been on my mind um, uh, for, I guess, a couple of weeks, uh, knowing that my time was coming up again. So I want you, if you have your Bibles there, First um, Chronicles 29, um, we're going to examine um, one of the greatest prayers in Scripture. And this may have already been done somewhere along the way um, during all of these days focus on prayer. I'd kind of be surprised if it if it hasn't, but nevertheless, I want to read a, a little bit uh, lengthier passage than perhaps most of the time uh, today and focus on David's great prayer that we find in uh, 1 Chronicles 29, beginning in verse 10. 1 Chronicles 29, beginning in verse 10. Therefore, David blessed the assembly uh, excuse me, uh, therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as, as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people that we should be able to thus offer willingly? For all things come from you. And of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners as all of our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know my God that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I've seen your people who are present here, offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes, performing all, and that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. And of course, we know from our learning, and I, I'm teaching to many good uh, Bible students here uh, this afternoon, that the Lord, of course, prohibited David uh, from the actual construction of the temple. And in chapter 29, it, we have, of course, this record 
of uh, this dedication ceremony before the Lord to uh, construct the temple. Uh, and um, of course, Solomon would eventually commence that uh, construction. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm amazed if you go back to, at some point, go back to 1 Chronicles 17, where the Lord uh, does prohibit David. And, and I'm amazed at David's attitude uh, when God says, basically, David, I, I, I know your heart, I appreciate it, but you're not going to be the one that does this. And David does not throw a fit. He doesn't protest. He doesn't become embittered. In essence, David really says, okay. Uh, and uh, what, a, what a wonderful attitude he has in that regard. Um, and so in, in this ceremony, as we come uh, to this, this occasion, you know, David offers up uh, again, one of the greatest prayers it, it, that I think is recorded in Scripture, as we have read. And it's interesting that these are some of the last official words of David as a monarch. And, and isn't it also interesting that these last words, uh, official words of David, are a prayer? And I think that that, is, um, uh, that, that speaks well to David, again, being... Still, after all that he'd gone through, he, he never lost the, the title or uh, that, that God had given him, which was a man after God's own heart. And I think that's important. But in this prayer, there are several uh, concepts uh, and characteristics worth noting. And so I want to go through these quickly. I won't belabor it because I know we want to spend our time in prayer. But we notice, first of all, God's attributes that are mentioned in verses 10 through 12. And what are they? And we can note them as we go kind of down through the list here. We note his etern eternality. David says, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. He's the everlasting God. And folks, that's who we pray to this afternoon. We're praying to an eternal God, an everlasting God, without uh, beginning and without end. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. And uh, what a wonderful thing to know and be confident uh, in that fact. And uh, of course, his greatness uh, that uh, he talks about in verse 11, his omnipotence, he uses the word power, but that's really the attribute of God being all powerful. Uh, his glory, uh, the glory of God, uh, his sovereignty in verses 11 and 12, um, he talks about the heavens and the earth, all these things are yours. Everything comes from you. You rule uh, over all. Um, and I think that's particularly one attribute that we need to keep in mind uh, uh, continuously. We should do that with all of them, by the way. Uh, I just got through preaching a series that I'd been in for many months, uh, going through the attributes of God. And uh, I think that's important that we go back to that and, and understand who he is. You know, Jeremiah says, you know, if you want to glory in something, glory in this that you understand and know me. Well, we can only do that by knowing who God is, his attributes. And so I think that would be a worthwhile study. Uh, we need to understand to whom we're praying. And, uh, and, and so David, uh, in his prayer, he speaks to that. Verse 13, we find man's thankfulness. Um, note again, he says, and we thank you our God, and praise your glorious name. You know, folks, a prayer 
without an abundance of thanksgiving is simply an audible list of selfishness. And I, I think that we need to be very careful that um, our prayers, and I'll, I'll speak to this a little bit more in a moment, but I think that we've got to be careful that our prayers do not come become what we refer to as gimme prayers. Um, uh, now, the Lord, and, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll emphasize this, the Lord certainly and most definitely wants us to bring our requests before him. There, there's no doubt about that. The scriptural record tells us that the father wants his children asking him things, and he gives good things to his children, and he, he delights in doing so. But I think that we have to be careful that our prayers are not just simply a list, a, a wish list of wants that we think that we need to have. And uh, if, if, we, if we pray without, again, an abundance of thanksgiving of who God is, what he's done in our lives, I, I, I don't know that, that that kind of prayer is the kind of prayer that God is going to bless, actually. And uh, I, I think we note that here in his his uh, prayer here. Then he goes on, and I think this is interesting, too, in the last section, um, or, or toward the last section here, uh, man's humility in verses 14 through 17. Um, we can't do anything or even approach God without the attitude of humility. And that certainly needs to be the starting point when we go into the very presence of a holy God. And let's not forget that. When we pray here, we are entering into the very throne room of God. And we have to be very serious about what we do. Prayers cannot be flippant. Prayers cannot be seen as just something that we're doing. It, it, we're, we're going through a ritual. And, uh, and I hope that we never become that way. But, you know, man's humility is seen in these verses. What does he say? In, uh, or what, what are the things that we note in these verses? Man's humility is in doing uh, in the fact that we are able to do anything for the Lord. I like the questions that David asked there in verse 14. He says, who am I or what is my people? Uh, that's true humility. He says to do anything for the Lord. And I think that we need to keep that in mind, that what a privilege, what an opportunity God gives us to work for him. I've often thought, you know, the Lord God in his wisdom could have had the angels do his bidding and give the gospel. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4 that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's you and I. Uh, and that word is old clay pots. That's all we are. And God has put that heavenly treasure in old clay pots in his wisdom because we know the value and we know the, the wonder of redemption, something that angels can never know. And they will be forever uh, in eternity uh, wondering what that's like. But you and I know what that's like personally. And so they can observe it, but they can never know it personally. And that's why God chooses us, us fallible clay pots, to serve him. And so I think, again, it should always be a question, Lord, who am I? Or it reflects David's, uh, hum uh, again, humility I think when he was a young shepherd boy saying, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And so we enter into God's presence always with humility. Um, we see man's humility and proper stewardship. He said, again, all things come from you. 
that is the foundation of every principle for stewardship. Uh, in acknowledging the brevity of life, <laughs> he says, our days on earth are like a shadow. Um, like, look, this is not uh, uh, contrary to what some preachers have preached. This is not our best life now. Our best life is the life to come when we are in eternity uh, with our Lord and our Savior and in his, the presence of his glory. And we should be aware of that. Uh, we should be, uh, or we see man's humility in the continual consciousness again of God's sovereignty in verse 16. All this abundance, he says, comes from your hand and is all your own. Continual consciousness of God's sovereignty. Um, and we also note humility is in maintaining our spiritual walk. He says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. And so those are important as we approach God in our prayers. And lastly, in verses 18 and 19, we see man's request. It's interesting, isn't it, that David, in this prayer, again, it's not a gimme prayer. He only makes two requests, and those requests are not for himself. They are for others. First of all, for his people. He says, direct their heart towards you. That was, that was David's heart was for his people. And, of course, secondly, for his son. Grant my son a whole heart or wholehearted devotion or consecrated consecration to you. And, and so I think one of the most interesting aspects of this prayer is again that David never asked anything for himself. And uh, this prayer is entirely void of, of uh, selfish uh, requests uh, or attitude. And again, as I said, there's, there's certainly nothing wrong with us going for the Lord. He says, ask anything my, my name and I will give it to you. Of course, that's according to his will. But he, he wants us to do that. But I also think conversely that there are times in which, like David's prayer, I think we ought to make a practice of going before the Lord and simply telling him how great he is, simply reveling in his attributes, simply just saying to our Father, oh Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you mean to us. I have challenged myself in our congregation on several occasions to do this, and it's a it's an interesting exercise, I, and, and, and unfortunately, it, it takes a little work because we're not used to it. But I've challenged them to do this. Have a prayer time where you do nothing but praise God and don't ask for anything. Uh, and, and I think we need to do that from time to time. Just commune with our Father and just tell him how much we love him. Tell him how much we appreciate him and tell him that, Lord, I do think along with David, I, I see you in, in, in your holiness, with your greatness and your power and your majesty. And I think the Lord, our Father, will, would love and does love to hear those things from his children. And so may God add his blessing to the reading of his scripture and uh, the lesson that he would have for us today. Thank you.